to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I am Don Marshall. I am one of your co-hosts on this fine day, and I'm a big, fat, chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And, uh, t- what? <laughs> and <laughs> today I'm Ukrainian because I have big Ukrainian breakfast from lovely Ukrainian woman around the corner. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, how do you follow that? You know, not having, Dan, Dan having only had a breakfast from Starbucks. When Don does the intro. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and a certified chubby chaser. Uh, and uh, yes, yes, I don't feel like 100 today, but some of us are apparently. Yes. The, the, the show. One of no. these days, we have to do an ex- like an exploration episode on the whole certification process for chasers. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. I'm it's, very curious. Mm. Do you have to like cram the night before? It's or? extensive. Well, yeah, only once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. I uh, certified welcome. super chub. Triple A, grass fed. <laughs> um, I got my coffee. I've had a little coffee. I'm I'm like awake, normal awake, normal non caffeinated awake. I woke okay. early. We're celebrating a hundred things. Yay! I could already hear our editor Nick just banging his head against the desk because we're just we're starting the intros. <laughs> My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today, I I am just. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a domestic boy today. I have my my partner living with me, Michael, who just sneezed in the middle of our show. Thank you very much, sir. Come. Calm down over there. That was uh, that was very cute. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> and you made him such a wonderful breakfast. I saw. I tasted. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was very tasty. Um, English muffin, buttered, soft eggs, bacon, and um, Michael sort sauce. Of a, Some sort of roasted tomato. Yeah, Michael it was sauce. sort of. Uh, imagine uh, melted onions and tomatoes sort of dissolved into a saucy, saucy sauce. Yeah, it's Michael sauce. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> anyway, so here we are, hundred episodes later, yes. officially. One hundred. Our centennial. Oh my God. Sort of. Um, how's it feel, everybody? How's it feel to be hundred years old? You know, so I, don't, I remember my first time in uh, and that jewel. I'll never forget. <laughs> in kindergarten, we uh, we counted to a hundred days of school by putting. We would cut out paper donuts and put them on the wall, and then every every tenth day, someone got to decorate a donut. Oh, and then. I don't even think we got donuts on the hundredth day. I don't well, know. That's a letdown. What the point? I don't know. We must have gotten donuts. That's a whole. This explains reason. so much, though. It does. It's why I say he went as a child. He went to Donut Academy. Your deprivation. <laughs> we must have gotten donuts because why? Why would we be? But doing- if your memory is that you didn't get donuts, no, no, isn't his that mem- more traumatizing. No, he doesn't remember the donuts, which means he got the donuts. Okay. Oh, interesting. Because I don't. Yeah, I don't remember being deprived. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah. You remember, would, he would remember. You'd that. remember the deprivation. I can tell you, as his husband, he would have remembered that. <laughs> I well, no, and I remember it so vividly because there was a day I fell off the jungle gym. It was actually a much more dramatic. Like I, I slid uh, down part of it and like hit my face. Oh my god! Repeatedly, like on each side as I was going down this thing. I'm, pick, I'm picturing then, like, a Spider-Man sequence here. Like yeah, Peter Griffin falling down a mountain. <laughs> yeah, and then like crumpled onto the ground. Um, and being like just sobbing Aww. and getting to decorate a donut on a day that wasn't my, like <gasps> it wasn't my day to decorate the donut, but some like to appe- appease this like bruised <laughs> sobbing child. I got to do it. And I remember just sobbing and like doing the glue stick <laughs> and glitter. <laughs> he fell down every day that week. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and before we get started, um, we had to our Patreon patrons, um, we are doing our first little mini-sode coming out on Saturday following the launch of this episode. So stay tuned for that as well. It's gonna be it's gonna be me and Dan. It's gonna be a snort. <laughs> We're gonna be but perhaps imbibing <laughs> it's it's we usually record in the mornings because that's when everyone's the most energetic. And in this case, it's gonna be the evening. And it's I, <laughs> big fat gay, big fat gay podcast, the chaser edition after hours. After hours. <laughs> Shot uh, and chaser. I'm bringing, I'm bringing cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, we are your undecorated donuts ready yeah. to be decorated uh, in whatever way you feel. Holy donut, Batman. <laughs> I need the, uh, the Batman. Like, <laughs> oh, I want that. I want that. <laughs> um, 
Well, but it's all it's all donuts. Pop culture. Let's roll down. in like a donut on all its side. Donuts all the time. Uh, to a, a follow up. Yes. From episode seventy one. Oh, you have the actual episode. Yes, I, well, I looked it up because a listener actually also messaged us about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I had a few people talk about it because I know people um, that there was a Tiny Desk concert uh, of A Strange Loop, which we're talking about A Strange Loop, which we talked about in episode 71. Currently mm-hmm. a Broadway show, right? Yes. Broadway music. Um, well, this was in episode 71. It was off Broadway. Oh. Um, and it. I think has sin- I think this was when we talked about it, it had not yet won. A Pulitzer Prize. That's right. Oh, cool. Up to, hey, that's the benefit of doing a long run of the show. Like we've yeah. done 100 episodes. Now we can give you all of these kind of cool looks back. <laughs> I remember yeah. when. I remember when this show had not yet won its first Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> that reminds me, who is in charge of our Pulitzer submission? Oh. Is that um, you, Dan? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, there was a lovely feature in the New York Times with the creator, director... Michael R. Jackson. Yes. Talking about the play and his journey in writing the play and, like, getting it together and his musical inspirations. I love... Uh, he talks about in the article white girl music, like Tori Amos, which I'm like, yes, that's a, that's a very accurate genre I never really would have uh, thought of, but that is the best way to describe Tori Amos. One of the... I don't know if it's a tagline or just, like one of the quotes at the beginning of the like playbill for the show is there will be butt fucking. <laughs> it's a promise people. <laughs> so buckle up. I don't know if that's in the New York times article or not though. They may not I, have. Well, I, I, that. I think you, I think you've sort of buried the whole point of why we're even mentioning this, which is that it's a fat gay black man who has written and uh, it's, a, it's a, a, a big fat gay black musical. Yeah, and it really is. All the cast about, members are black and queer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, Basically, boy, how to describe it is tough. I wish I had the the the, the show authorized synopsis in front of me. But it basically, was, it's a it's a kaleidoscope of his life, growing up as uh, fat and queer and uh, black, and it's it's really tremendous. And the strange loop. I also love the title because it's it's echoey of the Gerd Lesher Bach book, which uh, it's echoey of uh, a song by the same title. And it's just looking at at how we create the self, how we mm-hmm. create how we come to be who we are and how we invent that. Yeah. And specifically his experience of being on the, he calls himself an outsider of an outsider of an outsider, mm-hmm. like on, on so many different levels, feeling like he's like his family is fairly homophobic and you know, that's a place that you would want to feel safe, but can't um, being a, a queer kid in school. Um, he was like all of the other, like there were, this was in Detroit, you know, and this is not something nobody was out. And so all of the gay kids who were, you know, closeted were all fucking each other, but not him. And so he was sort of on the outside looking in and watching mm-hmm. and like not able to participate. Um, and so basically the show is uh, about a character named Usher, who is an usher and writing his own play also called a strange loop. And so there's sort of this meta commentary and he calls it emotionally autobiographical. I don't think it's literally mm-hmm. autobiographical, but then the other sort of, characters in the show are um thoughts they're they're essences of his inner psyche um who are played by other actors who sort of in like um well one of them was like uh daily self-doubt daily self-loathing um, self-loathing yeah yeah like and so there's all of these different aspects of himself and you know you get elements from his family and everything and um Given the perspective that he's bringing, it sounds incredibly powerful, and I would I would love to be able to see it. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to be in New York next, but it sounds great. When, maybe it'll make its way to LA. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very tourable. Yeah, yeah. Manifesting that. Manifest. I, I would say <laughs> we should happen. hold our hands again. I when we were manifesting. I can't remember something oh, about well, Lizzo. Oh, what was Liz? Oh, she. We wanted her to listen to the show or tweet the show. By the way, she is performing in LA in November. Yes. So. Big fat gay Lizzo experience. Mm. Like I'm just saying. <laughs> I, so I, I have been talking with your Michael. Yes. About this over there. <laughs> oh, the over there. Like he's looking at me now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, about the what, how to how to make that work. I'm I haven't been to a concert since I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I accidentally uh, ended up in a mosh pit. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I was like towards oh, the front, and like everyone's getting really close. So it seems like something's about to happen. Oh, uh, from donut <laughs> school I, to I mean, mosh I, pit. You body yeah. dived and body surfed that group, didn't you? No, I just kind of like immediately got like flung out of it. <laughs> oh. Bounced out sideways. Yeah. Um, we'll keep you guys posted on that. They're doing currently doing pre-sales. 
So yes. we could potentially still sneak. What in. does that mean? Oh well, I think it's um, uh, MX card. I think holders, it's, there was pre-sale. I think it's like basically general sales. Oh, is it back to okay? Yeah. Well, anyway, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be sold out. So we need to figure it out. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Rolling along. Do- more donuts. More donuts. They're, they're rolling. rolling. They're coming towards you. Donut rolling sound. <laughs> Turn left. Uh, Turn left. So I so I discovered this brand actually via Instagram, but I looked them up and I found this article. Hmm. Um, it's a Canadian brand, and it is a big and tall men's brand, but it is very just uh, I was blown away by the creator of the brand talking about it. Fat. A simple word that has defined me forever. A word used by others to weigh me down. That is, until I decide to flip the narrative and create my own identity. Wide. As people, we have many events and occasions to dress for in life. This is usually fun for most, a means of expression. For me, it's always been a challenge. The first thought that always comes to mind is, I have absolutely nothing to wear. The reality is, Brands just don't design for people like us. They just size up without fitting on wider bodies. My name is Marzad Larry, and I worked in the fashion industry for the last 10 years. What I did is I altered everything for myself, because I know how it works, but that's just not sustainable for everyone. That's how wide the brand came to be. It's designed for wide men first. It's the fashion-forward brand that we always wanted and deserve. The brand is called Wide the Brand. Um, and the article you shared, it's, it's about them, but it's also about many different, uh, clothing and and jewelry brands, which are all kind of gathering around the idea of making plus size normal. Yes. And and, in many ways, not just in, you know, in, in terms of like sizing and, um, and it's not just sizing. It's also the shape of the clothing. One, Mm -hmm. um, one brand was, there was one brand uh, where she was talking about basically having her clothing primarily designed for the pear shape where you can't, you know, you can't just accommodate all sizes and all shapes in one single garment. And so Mm -hmm. basically saying, hey, this garment is best suited for this shape, as well as the different sizes we can accommodate, like from, you know, extra small up to 6X. Yeah, and I thought, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think she was also saying that why is it that every brand feels like they need to make clothing for every person. Like mm-hmm. what would be wrong right. with having a brand that just specializes in pear shape yeah. or a brand that yeah. specializes in apple shape mm-hmm. the same way. And I mean, you know, straight size people do this straight size. People know that like, Oh, lucky jeans fit me really well or Levi's fit me really well, or mm-hmm. they don't fit me really well. That's mm-hmm. why I buy Lee or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of what she means and what they were talking about where it's like making plus size normal is also part of making sizing you know, and, and she hearkened back to like it used to be long ago, but not that long ago, that people would essentially get custom clothing. Like that was how you shopped for clothing, and that's not really a thing anymore. Well, right, because rich people would either get it tailored or custom made, and poorer people would often either make their own clothes or they would be altered. They would be altered from hand hand me downs, but it was never just. It wasn't ready to wear. Right, bought off the rack and then mm-hmm. worn as though it were supposed to be perfect. Anyway, so the point was like making clothes or like living in between, you know, fully customized and just, you know, take it off the rack and it better fit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, having brands that represent specific, like specificity, mm-hmm. and not just like we're going to be terrible at fitting everybody. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to make a, we're going to make a garment that looks good and it's your job to figure out who fits in it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but why the brand? I Check it out. They go to 6X, which is like, yes, we're getting there. I feel like yeah. 5X has been the general cap. And like, we're, we're pushing towards 6X. <laughs> we can keep pushing. I just love that, like, their stuff. I love that it's inclusive sizing. Like, I love the, this, I, show, I showed Dan the, the photography where it, like, actually shows you, like, things as a fat person, you would want yes. to see how it looks. Like, mm-hmm. How does this look sitting down? How does this look from the side? How does this look like the stuff you would do in the mirror? That's what their models are doing. Yes. And Mm -hmm. having like actual plus models showing like things you want to see that you wouldn't get to see from like the normal, like very, like this is a very composed shot of this garment on this body. Like, no, I want to see 365, like 360. It's almost like they intend the garment to be worn by people. And look good. (laughs) And have you feel good wearing it well no because it's really important to say that straight size modeling is all about featuring the clothes and it's i i've always said it's why the models are so skinny because they look like coat racks because you're just <laughs> yeah. you're just hanging, hanging the, clothes the clothes on, on something them. <laughs> well, let's face it a lot you of know? us bigger shoppers are also we, we've been burned so many times 
Oh yeah. Uh, mm. The idea of ordering something online is still problematic for me because I just assume the first shipment of clothes I get, I'll maybe one third of the items I order will fit correctly. Right. And so you yeah. order three times as much as you would ever consider buying because you need to be able to send back two thirds of it. Exactly. Mm. It's so frustrating. Well, and I will say that wide brand is by a fat creator. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And designers as well. Like yes. they specifically have fat people working um, on their clothing. And I was wondering, and I don't know, I don't, I know I didn't see where he went, but I'm wondering if he was part of the, the program that you've talked about in the past in Canada. I was wondering that too. So oh yeah. That, Cause they're a Canadian company. Yeah. yeah. They're Canadian co and Vancouver and they're, I, oh gosh, I, I can't remember the name of this school. It's basically the Canadian equivalent of, of the Fashion Institute of Design and Technology in New York and Los Angeles. Hmm. It's the Vancouver, it's like the Canadian design, God, somebody, somebody slap my hand and tell me what it really is. But anyway, I was listening to the program director there because it's an art school, but they have a fashion program. Okay. And I was listening to him. I was in, I was in Toronto at a conference on uh, body positivity and the new wave of, of dietitians who are fat or weight neutral. Anyway, but he was presenting this whole thing about his fashion school that was intent on training designers to design for people's bodies rather than really great renderings that look good, you know, on a size zero. And he, and so like he was assigning to his class, and again, these are these are people like in training as in, as designers, like okay, go out and find someone who has a non-traditional body and do a garment just for them. Hmm. Like that's the, that's the project. Or he would have all these really amazing stuff where, and I, I, you know, one of the questions I asked him was like, do your students balk because this is so not why so many of them got into design. I've talked to a lot of clothing designers and they, they will usually say, oh, I got in it for the design, not actually to have people comfortable in clothing. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they don't, they got to leave out the second part, but it's, right, you know, right. it's, it's really about, I want to draw pretty pictures of pretty clothes and then have them made. And I said, do you get any, do you get any blowback from students who like are, Oh, this is not what I signed up for. And he says, yeah, once in a while, but you know, it sorts itself out, <laughs> yeah. you know, meaning they either get on board or they, or they go to a more traditional design school. Yeah, I fair. used to watch project runway with friends mm. and they always seem to have one episode, like every other season, that was the plus size episode. Mm. And I remember like those, those should have been fun, but I always felt feeling kind of angry at the end of them. Cause there was always at least one designer that was just so resentful Resentful, of having yeah. to, can I just put some burlap on this cow and send her out? And you by know, the like, way, I have gotten ugh. that reaction from fat designers mm. that mm. like, oh, I can't believe you want me to design for fat people. It'll ruin my brand. You don't have a brand. I know, but someday it'll ruin my brand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, but I'm grateful for that guy from Chris, from uh, Christian. Christian Siriano. Siriano. I am grateful for him. He was from Project Runway. I remember I liked him a lot on the show. And then afterwards, he's the one who's gone to bat for all the fat actresses going to the oh, Emmys yeah. or the Oscars and couldn't get anyone to design a gown for them. Mm. He was the one to show up and volunteer and say, mm. I want to do that. And that meant a lot to me, even though I'm never going to wear a gown to the Oscars, you know? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. Never say never. You know, the, the, the worst sort of chaser is the chaser who won't show up with a fat guy on his arm, right? Mm. And this is this is just another degree of fat phobia where like I don't even want something I make to mm. show up on a fat person. Mm. Like it is so awful. It is such reprehensible behavior. Well, the, but the change change is happening. Come. It's a coming. Yeah, it's a rolling like the donuts. There's <laughs> like more a, of them. Like gonna, a downhill rolling yeah, donut. Gonna, we seem okay. to have found a theme for the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's just I'm rolling with it like like the donuts. Donuts are gonna right into crush the people. The musical cue. <laughs> Eagle's carrying donuts in his little He's town. He's bringing us donuts. <laughs> because he overshot donuts, us now. Because donuts can soar. <laughs> it's Fat Watch. It's 2020. It's 100. It's 100 Fat Watches. <laughs> it's Was special. that on purpose? What? 2022? Oh, 2022? No. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. It was not I on purpose. So. Oh, boy. Uh, it happens well, to the best of us. That's on brand because... <laughs> We've had a lot of episodes. We've had a lot of fat watches. We've had a rough couple hundred years doing it's this true. podcast. It's true. And I'd like to point out that it's only Apple that thinks we've done a hundred episodes. Michael will tell you a far different yeah. number. We've done, I mean, including like mini sods and special well, numbered. And it's, it's a hundred. It's a hundred. Okay. Episodes. Okay. It's a hundred today. And, uh, <laughs> 
for those of you who are listening in our utopian future full of donuts, <laughs> we are in the period of time where um, there was a leak from the Supreme Court that they are and an, the opinion leaked, which is something that would come out after a ruling. Yeah. So this is the, it's basically, it, it's the statement that comes out giving the rationale for the decision. Cause the decision is binding. Yeah. The decision is up or down. This is the, this is why. And people use that to then game the system. Like, well, if this was the reasoning, then the next time we talk about this issue, this all, this is how I'll argue it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and basically abortion rights are at, at risk again, um, in the United States, in the United States, on a federal level, this He's is on a, not on well, a federal, some state. Yeah, basically, what would happen is if left, they the the Supreme Court is on the verge of they haven't, but on the verge of saying, yeah. let's just let the states decide. Except that almost half of the states now have some sort of severe uh, abortion, either and, limitation and or, or just most or just of them are set it. up under tri- basically trip switch laws. Yeah, it'll end immediately. As soon as that ruling comes out those laws kick into effect. Yes. No vote. That's fun. No consideration. No warning to women who might be on the way to the abortion clinic when it happens. Yes. I'm, so just, because- I'm sorry. I'm just picturing this scene in an abortion clinic that's mirroring the uh, the announcement on airplanes where they told people they could take off their masks, but in the opposite horrible direction. Mm. <laughs> um, but because of this, people are compiling resources for ways you can support states that Yes. have um, less access to abortion rights. Yeah. Um, and there was this mega list where it's every state, um, different abortion funds. And I thought it was important to share so that people can find ways like, you know, we're in California. Nothing's really going to change in California. Oh, if anything, the opposite, because we've, what's being compl- contemplated now is a constitutional amendment or some, or some statewide law that would enshrine abortion as a woman's right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so just, Take a look if you can donate to, I, I would especially like look at like, there's a lot of um, maps circulating showing like, okay, these are the states where like it is guaranteed that if this decision is made, abortion will be immediately outlawed. Yeah. Um, so like, take a look at this, like, I mean, and just even think of just, we've talked about a lot of things going on in like Florida, Texas. Yeah, let's say, you know, someone in Alabama, but you're, you know, you, how do I help someone there? Mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, if, if you, you know you, a Supreme court justice, like, <laughs> And take them aside yeah. and hold a gun to their head, you know, like something like that. Like it could all help. Every you know, little uh, bit counts. Hold them Sick aside. Fat gay podcast is not an advocate of violence. Yeah, that's a joke for <laughs> all of you, you know, jerks who like to take. Hold them aside and be like, "Hey, bestie, <laughs> can we can hey, we talk?" Buddy. So, Clarence. Um, yeah, <sighs> um, I just, and I think I just love to highlight resources like this because it can be overwhelming, especially because like I know that when these. The story came out that basically this document was leaked like the 48 to 72 hours in my Twitter feed was like just I I could not keep track because it was like I would say 75 percent abortion discussion. And then like there was people were being weirdly horny about some what like new like there was a a movie that came out or something or trailer. There was some there was something where like the like normal Twitter discourse of people being like weirdly horny about a TV show. Trevor, you need to get off of there. (laughs) It's a lot. I actually, no, I did actually like, nope, I'm, I'm checking out. So check out this list, support if you can share it, send it to your, your relatives, your, um, your Supreme court justice, (laughs) your worst enemies. Yeah. Everybody. And just we're, we're with you. We're, we're holding on. We're like otters. We're, we're in the middle of the river. We're in the middle of the donut running like a hamster wheel as it rolls through all of the, all of the horrible parts of the United States. Now I'm picturing a donut in a hamster tank, and that's not a pretty, that's a sticky thing with lots of wood shavings. Giant donut. The the wood shavings are just like cinnamon crumbles. You're going to say it's coconut, aren't you? No, no, cinnamon crumbles. I know you're kind. (laughs) All right. But like, (laughs) like a donut, we're coming full circle. The theme theme of the episode has not only been donuts, but 100, 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. Us doing 100 episodes. Yeah. And um, things that have changed in a yeah, hundred years. It's and not only been in a very eventful two years, two and a half years at this point, but it's a two and a half years where not only have we been doing the same introspection as everyone else, but we've been diving into the world of fat, of gayness, of queerness, queerness, intersectionality. And, and yeah. it has changed us in some ways, but we haven't necessarily talked 
to each other directly about it. So we saved yeah. it for today. And I am curious to know, I'm very curious to hear the answers to this question. What has the podcast changed in your life over the past two and a half years? I mean, a lot, I would mm -hmm. say. I mean, yeah. So the, the way that it has changed for me most significantly is, you know, before doing the show, I mean, when we were deciding about doing the show, I think I've told the story before, so I'll just quickly skate through it. Like I was not originally going to be part of, I was not going to host. I was not going to co-host. It was going to be, well, initially it was going to be Dan and Don and then Trevor joined the conversation when we were all talking about it. And that mm -hmm. felt really good. Um, and I was nervous about being sort of public facing on the show. Not that I thought that it was going to go big, like you don't, but you just don't know. And like when you have, when you're, when you're chasing a career in the film industry and you have producers literally telling you if you like what Dan, you said, if you show up to the Oscars with a fat person, a fat man next to you, you will never work again. I had, I had a producer, a, a producer who has worked on many huge, huge movies, like big, like Disney, huge movies. Tell me that point blank. No way. Yeah. That literally happened to me. And so you have that. And so that was kind of, that was part of the decision for me was like, okay, if I do this, I'm really stamping myself in this world. And I'm saying I'm part of this world and I'm not part of that world. I'm not quote unquote mainstream. And that was, that was a choice. Like I had to really make that choice. And I'm incredibly glad that I did because mm -hmm. man, my day-to-day -day happiness has just like, I feel buoyed. Oh, it's called self-expression. Yeah. It's called, mm. yeah. Like <laughs> be, and, and honestly, part of that was also kind of letting go of like chasing after like mainstream film industry, film industry dreams and shock and surprise, like three months after I did that and kind of took a step back from that struggle, I get a full-time job with the Boston Gammons course. And I just finished a documentary feature film, yeah, uh, which is easily the most um, gratifying and impressive work I've ever done as a filmmaker. And so like, it's funny how these things work out. And if I hadn't made, taken that first step to be part of this show, so many ripple effects in my life would not have, would not have happened. I mean, Michael started what? listening to the show mm -hmm. when we first launched back in January, January 1st, 2020. Like is it too much? Is, is it too much to say that you met via the podcast or that would be too much? It's, right? That's not quite accurate. We, no. we, we met on Instagram of all places. Oh, um, but yeah, like oh, that hookup site. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> scandalous. I know. So yeah, like hugely life-changing. Mm. I, I have more, but I don't want to monopolize the space. Who, who else? Great. Who else has got something juicy? I mean, I know I, I feel like similarly was um, hesitant to be a part of it just because I'm not a big like self-expression person or when I am, it's like, I'm going to quietly <laughs> write something and then like slide it <laughs> out for the world to see uh -huh. if that, if that. And I know that like doing this and just really being more fully self-expressed and just like, you know, like Michael just really just kind of owning it. Like, I don't think I would have applied for the NAFA board mm -hmm. if I had like, you know, if the I didn't do the podcast, I don't think I would have been at that level of um, self-expression to where I can be like, I will be part, uh, you know, of the face of a 50 year old, you know, or no 52, so 50 something year old <laughs> um, organization about fat acceptance mm -hmm. and be like, I am part of this organization. And like, reaching out to people and like i mean the other day i literally spent the day making requests which is like oh something i hate i hate asking people I, for yeah, stuff trevor trevor 2015 could not have done that. no oh requesting of like people to give stuff or like uh, just to be, donate to, or hey um, so and so why don't you do this in, with us hey participate yeah. be involved like various things mm -hmm. making asks making yeah. requests yeah. gotcha gotcha um or even just like i don't know talking to people <laughs> <laughs> at all just, yeah, on just the like, phone on the phone or on zoom or just like really just talk like or i mean we were talking about this the other day because i i had a meeting but like the you know i had that meeting about the with the producer i can't remember what episode it was but the, the bugs the big bugs oh, oh yeah right. the big bug show <laughs> was, and like actually wild. like breaking down for a person why what they're doing is problematic and the ways it will harm fat people. Like yeah, I would that's not, so new for you. I would not have had that yeah. discussion before. I would have been like, oh no, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Like hang or like I could probably just like ended the Zoom call and then blocked them or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not useful. Yeah. 
I don't, you know, it's for me, I come at this from a very different standpoint because I have never been in the mainstream in my entire life. Hmm. So I can tell you from, from experience of never having been there, I think the mainstream is overrated, Michael. I would agree with you. I would 100% <laughs> agree with you. So over, I mean, I, yeah, I just like, and when you don't fit in, and I, you know, everybody feels, everybody feels at some point in their life, I don't care if you're, you know, the most beautiful person in the right size and what all of that stuff, but like everybody feels like a freak at some moments. And some of us make a career of it <laughs> uh, because, you know, you got two choices. You can either be defective or you can be special. And I've always picked special. But what the podcast allowed me to do, you know, because I'd been doing so much stuff before that. But what it allowed me to do in pandemic times really is continue the work that I thought had been cut off from me. Mm. Because we were all isolated. We weren't, there were no events. I wasn't doing seminars. Uh, you know, I wasn't writing another book. Yeah. Um, and so the podcast really became such a wonderful touchstone for me to every week come back into that. Whereas before it would have been like, yeah, I talked to so-and-so on that website. Oh, I talked to so-and-so in that email. Right. And to really have challenge me to bring my A game to a time where I thought, oh, there's no game to be played. Right, right. That makes sense. <sighs> I think for me, it's been... The past two years has been about shaming the devil by speaking his name. Mm. Do you know that expression? Mm. I love yeah. that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like for me, a lot of the stuff we talk about is stuff that I still feel very sensitive about. I think mm. I've been upfront about that on oh, the yeah. show. Mm -hmm. we and, talk and, about it, and it's been one of your most important contributions, I think, to the show. Yeah. Well, thank you. But yeah. th that's that's what I've been trying to do is trying to approach these things honestly in a way that I feel very naked with sometimes. And then the the responses I do hear from people have been very affirming in that these silences that I have lived in because I thought I was alone in them. There were basically an awful lot of us in the same room with our backs to each other, not realizing there were other people there oh, feeling God, the that exact is, same That is thing. so true and a brilliant metaphor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am not as sort of naturally forthcoming. I think Michael knows uh, in real life as I am on the show, I tend to be a bit more of a private person. Um, so for me, the, the whole, the whole like living your own truth thing to me always sounded a little trite, but I get that better now because like, I feel like it's just one more aspect of my personality that I've never been able to put out in front of other people and feel like there'd be an interest, much less an agreement. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, people are always so shocked to discover they really can bring all of them to the party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember I was, I was having a, uh, this was long ago with, with uh, an ex and we were having a big party because we just moved into a new apartment in New York. And he was so nervous because he was inviting his parents down from Connecticut. He was inviting people he'd had sex with. He was inviting coworkers <laughs> from work. Yeah. He was inviting gay friends he'd had brunch with. And he was terrified of, as he put it in that, in that time, letting the streams cross. Oh yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. He was I, and, totally. And, and I was like, oh, that's a thing. Oh yeah. Cause that, well, and I mean, I, yeah. I had the same thing. I think that was like one of the things I had to get over when we first started dating or even just like, yeah, when we were, you know, when we were at the stage where we were just like roommates and now it's just so natural and so easy because it's like, Oh, people will just like be chill. <laughs> if Like when you put people in a room together, they're not like, it's not gonna be like, so Who's the fattest guy you've had sex with? Or something, which yeah. is like the fear. Oddly, like, people don't really open with that. Yeah, um, not usually. And I think you also sometimes yeah. it depends on the party. Sometimes for me, I, I have absolutely had that experience. Literally at a party, like you know, having a party and like realizing, really realizing beforehand, like so so many of these people not only don't know each other. Or, or haven't met or don't or know, maybe know about each other. Like I've never been closeted in the sense that I didn't share who my partner was. Mm -hmm. um, but I rarely talked about my relationship hardly ever. And I, people didn't meet each other. I had compartmentalized friendships. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just met people all over the spectrum and I can make a connection. I wouldn't necessarily say a friendship, but I can make a connection with virtually anybody. Like that's, I wouldn't say easy, but it's easier for me. And when you put all of those people in the same room, whether it's family or friends or professional contacts or whatever, it was terrifying. And I felt so anxious about it. And I didn't realize like for two things. One, 
when you integrate, which I feel extremely integrated now, mm-hmm. you realize that the you have been carrying your own sort of basket of things yourself. <laughs> and 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 other people can help you do that too. Oh, like yeah. if you mm-hmm. allow them to to work together, to know each other. Like most of my family have met most of you at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, obviously, and like these things support each other. And you also get to filter out the people not worth keeping around. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, when I was in my 20s, I knew a lot of different people. And I have very consciously decided not to try and drag those people along into this version of my life because for whatever reason, I've just felt like, oh, these fat phobic things that this one person says all the time is not actually worth their company, which I don't particularly even care for anyway. Like it's just, it's like, why Well, bother? it's never that one thing, you know? It's yeah. not like I, they are a perfect human being, you know, except for the fat comments. No, it's never that way. <laughs> yeah, there's always something more. And like, there's so many people, there's just so many people out there. Why would you settle for somebody who makes you feel bad even some of the time if it's not a fundamentally valuable relationship? On that note- about integrating uh, integrating your different groups of friends. Do you remember the first time you introduced Trevor, Dan, and I together in the same place at the same time for the first time? That was the podcast no. conversation, wasn't it? No, nope. that was thought. not the first time. Did you guys meet before that? We did. We met once uh, once or twice before. Oh, God, oh. like always, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember either. You brought me this? over to their place uh, for a New Year's <sighs> Eve. I do remember that now. That was... Uh, New Year's oh, Eve, we, we hung yes. out and we watched Twilight Zone episodes. Oh, Dan yeah. made right. 2019. Oh, that's right. Yep. And uh, and you were so nervous. <laughs> like, you weren't saying it, but like, like your body language is radiating nervousness of mm. these two different groups meeting for the first time. Interesting. I don't uh, remember it went away quick, but you were yeah. like, your shoulders were above your ears. Huh. But uh, yeah. That was the first time we met. Yeah. Okay. I do remember that. I do that. remember yeah. that. Well, luckily I'd spiked the eggnog, so. <laughs> well, Dan does make a strong eggnog. That's right. Mm. That's when, or did we do that for 2020? I, I, mm, Maybe both. I think it was, it was a while ago. Yeah. It was, had to be before the podcast. Yeah. I want to say it was like 2018. But the, yeah. Po- yeah. That's what I think. The yeah. podcast conversation. Cause okay. So that's right. Cause that's how Don came up with the idea in the first place was like, this is a gap in the podcast marketplace. Yeah. And doesn't your friend Dan have a book and talk about these things? And I was like, oh yeah, he does. I should just put you two in touch. Are you kidding? You and, can't get him to shut up. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can talk forever. And so it was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, you, Don has done a major, very successful podcast in the past. Dan knows all of this stuff. Let's put him in the same room together. And then it kind of, we, Trevor and I got sucked in at the process. I, well, I was there eating lunch because you know, it was the type of thing where it was like, I did not plan my day well. And I was like, I'm too hungry to like go and like gather up all my stuff and like go to my office. Uh huh. You so were like, yeah. You weren't supposed to be part of the conversation. Yeah, whatsoever. I was going there like I'm not. I'm, I wasn't really there. I was at like doing a podcast about this is a terrible idea. And I'm like, <laughs> I want nothing and to do with it. And then I, you know. And to be very clear, Trevor is one of the biggest contributors to our. Fat Watch, our pop culture. I mean, he's basically the contributor. No, look, he produces like, the show. He, he yeah. produces the show. I mean, the it's yeah. the, the amount of content that Trevor has provided over 100 Absolutely. episodes. Yeah. Like, uh, I I want to take a moment for us to yay. stop and applaud. Oh, wait, I actually have this. Yay. Uh, 7,000 Google alerts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it takes to produce this show every week. <laughs> the amount of, of, of filtering and research you've done is so freaking admirable. And he's the funny guy. Yeah, how do you do that? How do you manage it? <laughs> takes a lot of donuts. <laughs> oh, this podcast runs on donuts. <laughs> We've had a hundred bits because of Don. That's, That's right. true. hundred. I mean, yeah, the bit, I, I remember, especially at the beginning when we were starting the show, we were like, we've talked about so many like difficult subjects mm-hmm. or like that we felt like kind of dragged through the mud that we were like, we've, we need, <laughs> we just as participants of the show need something to cheer up at the but end. I, I remember that being a part of the conversation from the very yeah. get go. Mm-hmm. It was. No, you, that's, wanted, you wanted to bring some sort of levity or gamey mm-hmm. thing. I to did. It, it, yeah. it took a few episodes. Honestly, I'm, I hope people haven't gone back and listened to the first few bits because I remember but some of them were going move away from the swamp from though. That was so memorable. Yeah. That's still my favorite bit answer ever. Move away from the swamp. Move away mm-hmm. from the swamp. I love yeah, that one. That was fantastic. <laughs> <sighs> 
It's an inside joke, but you can you can hear Go it for back yourself on episode one. Two. Oh, by the way, if you've been trying to find earlier oh, yeah. episodes, apparently it doesn't matter the details, but apparently our RSS feed was blocking earlier episodes from showing up because we had surpassed a hundred clips, even though our mm-hmm. episode number is a hundred now. Um, so I changed it. It should be available again. Um, if you've been trying to go back and listen to all the episodes, they should be up once more. Yeah. Well, we're good for another 300 episodes. And for, then we got to figure something for, yeah, out. Yeah. For 300 total. So we got to figure out what we're doing after that. And then we have to buy Twitter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, Elon or Musker, <laughs> Musker. That's better. Well, and I think we have to acknowledge our listeners. The pe- I mean, you listener, you, you, <laughs> you right specifically. There. I feel the like pers- the, the person in the car, not who's the one driving r- around screaming, <laughs> <laughs> checking the mirror for yeah. me popping up in the back seat every single episode. Um, <laughs> Look out! No, we have we have a lot of listeners, including Michael over there. Yes, he's, there he is. He's there, waving. Sneeze boy. Um, <laughs> who have been with us from the start? Uh, I mean, I want to like. Part of me wants to name people. I don't want to name. I know. People. Yeah, we've talked to so many people who have been around from the beginning yeah. that, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's also one of the very cool parts about it is I'm not particularly active on social media, but getting to talk to to people who've listened to the show or like reach out who have to, which by the way, we love, like, I don't know if anyone, I had somebody say like, Oh, I wasn't sure if you were even going to respond. If I reached out, reached out to me personally on mm-hmm. Instagram, I was like, of course I will. Like I, I may not be able to carry on extended conversations all the time constantly, but like I will absolutely respond to you. And I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, that's been incredibly gratifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, and I like, I think one of the unexpected aspects that have, has, has also changed me substantially has been the, uh, the integration of social activism, mm-hmm. um, that really, I mean, it started with the world of fat, like the fatosphere, but especially with fat watch going from Lizzo watch in the, mm-hmm. in, in year one to fat watch and broadening and becoming more intersectional and the, work that we've tried to do reaching out to other marginalized communities and, and reporting on those stories as well. Like that has been very life-changing for me. I didn't used to do that stuff. Like I, I used to be in my own space focused on my own thing. Mm -hmm. And this has helped push me out of my comfort zone and make me realize that I a have the capacity to care for much more than that. Mm -hmm. Like that's you, you, you are capable. Um, but also that it's very rewarding and also very important to do like you in whatever way you can, like reaching out and educating yourself. And I feel like now when topics come up that would normally have made me very uncomfortable, I can now actually speak about them Mm. in Mm day-to-day conversation. And I don't feel uninformed and kind of ashamed for being uninformed. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's kind of cool. That's I wonder wonder if, if you all want to speak to this so often, you know, when you, because a number of you have mentioned going from sort of like, (laughs) I'll just keep my head down and my mouth shut to like, you know, I actually have something that might be interesting or useful here. And I'm wondering if you experience a difference in, like, did you fear the conversation would automatically become confrontational? Is it still confrontational, but you're okay with it? Or did you find a way to to have the conversation and make it not confrontational? For me, um, I, it has allowed me to be less, fearful is the wrong word, because I've never been a fearful person on this. I think it's made me more um, ready for mm. a pushback and that makes me more likely to engage. Like I'm, I'm prepared for a pushback now. Well, you know? and that also makes me think and tell me if this is true, that if you're, if you're ready for it, it also means that you can feel more confident even if it doesn't happen. Like you're prepared. Yes. Oh, I, I feel better equipped. That's true. I, With a more, uh, Let's, let's let's see. Dan has brought a lot of factual background to some of the stuff we've discussed with research and numbers and all that sort of fun stuff. Trevor has given me more of a sort of a modern context with some of the things I've known in the past, but haven't really kept up with or thought about much. Um, and uh, Michael has sort of the same level of entry that I do, but he's coming at it from a different direction, which gives me a different perspective on the world of fat, right? Mm-hmm. So all of those things, it's not that I was ever afraid of confrontation. I'm willing to yell, but this has made me feel like I have a stronger foundation to fight from. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? That makes sense, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Just one quick observation. I just find it, I find it very interesting. All four of us are sitting here talking about our experiences of talking over the past two and a half years. But all of us have said something in one way or another that 
this experience has made us better listeners mm-hmm. to things mm-hmm. going on around oh, us. Yeah. yeah. And I do love that. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you kind of have to be, cause you, you know, at any given time, usually it's not all four of us speaking at once. Mm-hmm. So most of the podcast, most of us are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to, I go- don't just mean now though. I mean, in yeah. the world in general, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say was I want to go back to talking about listeners for a second, because that has been, I think that more than maybe anything we've done on the show is hearing like the mailbags we get that Mm -hmm. are particularly like impactful. Mm -hmm. I think that has sparked the most significant like emotional responses in me, like hearing from listeners, either sharing their stories or sharing how we might've impacted their lives. Like that, I, I still have no grasp of how broad the reach of the show is really because podcast statistics are really wiggly and nebulous. Yeah. Um, so we don't really like, we know that we have a good listenership. We don't really know what that means. And so hearing specific reactions and stories from people has been awesome. Just like it, it really cements in certain terms that person had this life experience, which was mm-hmm life-changing for me to read and just know about. And I think a lot of, we get a fair amount of mail that echoes what you just said, Don, which is, you know, it's not like I went out and started a fight about this, but I just felt so much more secure and equipped if something happened. That we got that letter from a listener who started uh, making changes at the the village he worked at Mm -hmm. for for Mm -hmm. handicapped people. Amazing, just amazing. Ah, that was, that was, that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. I love, I love those. Even just, you know, that two word email of like, thank you. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I know for me personally, I agree with everyone else said, and I think more so than like for me seeing the, the ability to like be present with conflict mm-hmm. and stand against mm-hmm. it. I have seen more the ability in myself to like spread what I've gained from this and feel more confident and able to tell people what is possible for them. I love that. I love that. Um, Yeah. So educate and inspire. And I think, I don't know. I think that is kind of a good segue into the tip. Oh yeah. Or just like being able to speak up and telling people how they can and self advocate. Dan uh, was looking at some stuff going on in Vegas and there um, was a show that I'll, uh, I mean, I'll pass it to Dan at this point. Something crossed my email and it was a, an advertisement for a show that's going on in Vegas uh, during the time of, uh, it, it'll be there at the end of June, July. I think it's there now, but it's basically this, this interesting experiential kind of show called Speed of Dark and it's produced by Particle Inc. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's this super mysterious, ultra cool website and... It's sort of, it, and the theme is sort of, uh, um, it, it's called, the show is, is presented in two and a half D because it's all based on like graphics. It's like the, the, the show intends to take you inside a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I, what I thought was so interesting though, was like, okay, gosh, can we go? Cause it could be really cool or it could be cool for someone else. And, but there was nothing there about accessibility. And I'm thinking about my husband. I'm like, okay, are there going to be stairs? Are there, is there going to be an elevator if there are stairs? Mm-hmm. Are there going to be, how much walking is this? How much ground is there to cover? Because some of these shows can be enormous, like football fields. Huge. And some, right. of, and some yeah. of these shows are like, no, it's kind of like an escape room. It's like, like it's that big. Mm-hmm. And so I had, and the website gave nothing. So this is the part that Trevor's talking about, about sort of self-activism. I just wrote them. And I said, hey, I know your marketing's trying to be cool and mysterious, but it would be super helpful <laughs> if you would like do an accessibility rundown of like what is and isn't going to happen in this show and like physically. And I got a letter, an email back within less than 24 hours mm. saying, Oh no, totally great questions. Cause, and I, I actually walked them through in my email. Like how did, how should they talk about it? Like how okay. do you talk mm. about accessibility? And so mm. I talked about like, you know, you could talk about other stairs or is it more than one level? 
Like you can, you know, even if you want to keep it markety, if you say three stories of fantastic stuff, okay, now I know there's three stories and there's probably stairs. Is there an elevator is my next question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So even you can still keep it in that markety kind of framework. Anyway, I took them all through this and long story short, yes, it is extremely accessible. It is on one level. Uh, so anyway, they're, they're very, uh, very much on board with helping. And I said, well, great. I would help them spread the word. Yeah, so that sounds it's so accessible. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Again, it's um, Speed of Dark. Speed of Dark. Speed of Dark. Sort of a living inside a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. People jumping off the walls. <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> I went and checked out the website. It looks very cool. It looks really cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well done. Episode 100. Episode what 100. What is our bit for today? Well, we came up with a very special bit today where after 100 episodes, we think you get to, you, dear listeners, get to know a little bit more about each of us. Because <laughs> that's so, never happened before. <laughs> in varying degrees of uh, interest, I would say. <laughs> so I have asked everyone here to bring one multiple choice question that will either reveal like something everyone assumes about them, something uh, interesting about them you never knew, or just a little story about them that will help uh, expand on who they are. But uh, we will each have to pick from those multiple choices what we think the solution is, which may say a lot about how we see that person too. And Don gets to participate, which usually doesn't happen. That's, That's true. Right. He's usually true. administering the bit. Um, would someone like to lead off? I'll, I'll go first because I think mine is probably the most boring of all of them. <laughs> I, I struggled with this one. I, my ability to just like conjure things that aren't prompted or coming up in a discussion is pretty pathetic. So I, mine is pretty simple and straightforward. Um, so... <laughs> I also, I think I got it wrong. So we probably should clarify this multiple choice for me mm -hmm. is three truths and a lie. Oh, okay. That works. So I think it's swapped for other people, but for me. And, and so, and we're supposed to pick the lie? Yes, you're supposed to pick the lie. So the setup is when I was a kid, this is hundred percent true. I shined a laser pointer in my left eye when I was a teenager to get a cool photo of it, which I, it was very cool. I did get the photo. <laughs> Which of the following side effects were not a result of that idiotic decision? <laughs> Wait, so. Three of these things are true. Okay. You're trying to pick out the lie. The one that's not. Okay. Yes. One, intense migraines. Two, dyslexia. Three, extreme light sensitivity. Uh, can't be outside without sunglasses. Or four, chronic eye strain and fatigue without wearing glasses. Uh, dyslexia. Dan says dyslexia. That's the one that didn't I'm also going to say dyslexia. Yeah, Trevor I got to go dyslexia. with that too. Yep, you're correct. I am dyslexic, but it is not it was caused, caused by a laser by, pointer. <laughs> but all of the other things, like it, it's so I didn't have migraines up to that wow. point. And you know the interesting thing that solved it? Because mm. uh, I don't get migraines any, well. Light that's therapy? Uh, no, <laughs> light therapy would blind me. Um, no, extremely light sensitive, can't go out. And, you know, of course we live in Southern California, which is <laughs> sunny, bright, bright, sunny all the time, mm -hmm. which I love. I just have to wear sunglasses. It was, um, I had Wolf Parkinson white syndrome, which many, many people have. It's just a extra passageway in your heart that conducts electricity as opposed to the central chamber, which mm. is, that's where it's only supposed to go. Many people have it. It's not an issue for me. It was. And so we had it fixed with the procedure and that cured my migraines <gasps> for the most part. That's um, interesting. Yeah, heart dysrhythmias can oftentimes cause The body is migraines. a strange place. Oh, how yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I still get them. I don't usually get the headache. I just get the other migraine symptoms like nausea, the, the visual aura, like the Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. But the headache, honestly, <laughs> like those aren't great. The headache was always the worst part, yeah, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> the line of dark room part. Painful. Yeah. yeah. Like, anyway. So there's a little bit about me. I was an <laughs> idiot as a teenager. <laughs> what a shock and surprise. But what a photo, huh? The cool, it was a cool photo. I still have it somewhere. I would hope. Um, but it, look, the thing is like at the time you could, you know, Photoshop was not commonly accessible. Now you could make that photo up so easily. Dude, you paid a price for that photo. You should have that mounted on your wall. Somewhere. No, it's a, it's an homage to my idiocy. I don't want that around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is like Michael, three truths and one lie. Okay. Totally fine. For near, near death accidents. <laughs> Oh my God, three truths. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, uh, he's so, a talented lad. Uh, <laughs> as a child, I uh, choked on a large piece of hot dog that my babysitter refused to cut up for me. Oh no. Um, I, once again, as a child, I was at the beach and uh, swarmed with bees. <laughs> <laughs> 
at the beach? Uh, <laughs> Who has bees uh, at the beach? <laughs> I electrocuted myself at my aunt's house and I got my head stuck like kind of between the wall and my bed. What? I think I know the answer to this. So I should go last. <laughs> I, I'm going to say swarmed by bees at the beach only because that sounds like something that like psychotic murder mystery writing Trevor would come up with <laughs> to kill a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what they were wearing, Michael? They were wearing bikinis. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're welcome. I got to go with the bees too. Although head stuck between a bed and a wall is sort of fascinating. <laughs> Uh, I'm going with electrocuted at your aunt's house. I did not get my head stuck between <laughs> everything else. Is true. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! You did too. I've seen it. You were swarmed <laughs> by bees. I'm on my the friend beach. and I. So were we you were using at, honey as sunscreen again? I had a lemon nest tea. Oh my god! And oh. I, I was with a friend. We went to go swim it, and we went back, and I picked it up, and bees were inside the can, and they started swarming. <laughs> Around wait, us, wait, and we bees didn't... were inside the can. You said, uh, "Well, and I we were just like we were being these bees were just swarming around us, and some guy just came and like scooped us up, and took us away." <laughs> wow, who was he? A beekeeper? Was he a mass? Some man? some random guy. I have almost had my head stuck between oh, <laughs> okay. numerous I, times. I think more than more than almost, sweetie. <laughs> no, I have <laughs> But was it I'm doubling down on this guess. I <laughs> it was almost. Dan? Uh, Am right, I going Dan? next? Okay. So this is multiple choice. So which of the following pieces of advice was I given in my 30s by an ex-boyfriend? A smile more. Because of your size, people find you intimidating. Okay. Don't be so loud. People think you're shouting at them. Okay. Stop working out. You're big enough. <laughs> don't use such big words. It makes people feel bad when you use vocabulary they don't know. <laughs> oh, D, that D one. D for yep, vocabulary. Yep, yep. yep. I'm going to say, because I feel like I've heard this story, but I'm going to say smile more. That's it. Smile that was more. my other really? one. That smile was my more. second guess. Mm -hmm. Smile more. Yeah. You'd be a lot prettier if you smiled more. No, no it, was, it was the idea that like you need to smile because you're so big. People are just scared of you. No, that's, I, I get that. I, I mm -hmm. very much am the smiley guy when I meet people uh -huh. because I'm used to the people no, being intimidated. I took it to heart. I think about it all the time. You have to overcompensate. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely get that. No, no, but uh, no, it's not like I'm some lexicographical penundrum. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm confused and intimidated. <laughs> all right. When I was growing up, I lived out in the woods. Um, and I had lots of fun chores that my parents would dump on me as soon as I was physically large yeah. enough to do them. Oh, dear. oh good. So uh, when I was about 12, one of my new chores was to go to the supermarket that was about three miles away through the woods, up and down hills across dirt roads. Oh, my God. Literally, the, the road I grew up on was called uh, Rockledge Road. <laughs> and we would entertain ourselves in the winter watching cars try and get up and then start sliding oh back on the God. ice <laughs> and falling on trees. Um, so I hated that walk. I hated that walk I with can't a passion. Um, so uh, what amazing plan did I come up with to solve the problem and stop having to walk the, f the three miles to the supermarket? Okay. One, which one of these did I do? I bought two newspapers each week, turning in one each week and saving the other to give them the next week, hoping they wouldn't notice. And they oh. didn't. Two, get the kid closest to the market to buy three papers bring them back to his house, get the kid that lived between us to go to his house, pick up two papers, go back to his, and then walk to the kid's house who was lived closest to me and take the paper home. That's, that's smart. Three, tried to convince my parents that they stopped printing Sunday papers to save trees. <laughs> <laughs> or four, um, I am making air quotes, hashtags, uh, borrowed my dad's riding mower and drove the three miles to the, the supermarket. Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, I think you got two papers and then tried to convince them that it wasn't, that it was the, you know, and they basically just didn't read it. Okay. I'm torn between the second one the, uh, and the third one. Cause I feel the like. Tom Sawyer answer. Yeah. I'm getting other people <laughs> yeah. to do your work for yep. you. And what was the third one? Uh, trying to convince my parents they stopped printing Sunday. Oh, not the third one. Trees. I guess the fourth one. The, oh, the, the riding mower. The riding mower. The mower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say the mower just because that's a, a funnier image. Okay. 
I'm just trying to picture a riding mower through the woods. That just, yeah, that I, don't, I mean, me. there was a dirt road. You know, there's a dirt road. Yeah, still. All right, anyway, um, I love the two papers idea. <laughs> I love. That. I don't care if it's true. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, the correct answer, in fact, was I stole the riding mower and oh my God. <laughs> rode to the supermarket. Yeehaw! Um, and uh, my parents slept through it. And <laughs> when they found out what happened, my father was fine. Like, okay, you're 12 now. You can drive to the market. It's fine. So from in that a car, yeah. From that point on, I was able to borrow the family car. So much safer Sunday than mornings. a riding mower. Well, again, <laughs> keep in mind, I'm driving through the woods. Like you'd never even see other cars on that road. So. I guess. So your father was actually cool with letting you take the car on a dirt road three miles through the woods. In his defense, it wasn't uncommon for about like 14-year-old kids to sort of just be driving on back roads where I grew up. Yeah. Don already looked 27. Mm. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was already, I was taller than my father at 10. So like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you know so much more about all of us now. And you know what, listener, thank you so much for sticking with us for 100 episodes. And we would love to know some things about you. So, Trevor, if they have some things they'd like to tell us about, where would they do that? Send us facts about you and donuts to <laughs> at Big Fat Gay Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or on Facebook is the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Also, patreon.com backslash podcast. Or- Backslash. <laughs> We're the only one there, really. The only one. Hundred, hundred of these listener. We're going through. www.bigfatgaypod.com. See our events page. See more information about us at Bigger Vegas. Yeah, all the stuff. Uh, maybe you're opening. You're, you're just. You wanted donuts. You drove the tractor through the woods to the donut shop. You're opening the donuts at home as you finish this episode. And there's there's a little something in the middle of one of the donuts in the hole. We should all say it together. Yeah, it's it's all of us. We're all little people in donuts. So watch Watch out. There we go. (laughs) Nailed it. For the people listening at home, I definitely didn't just play the laser watch music by accident. <laughs> no, he would never do that. Oh. It was the fat watch music. <laughs> and here's to a hundred more.